PFF NFL Daily today, joined by Brad Spielberger, breaking down so much of the news, which might already be outdated because it happened yesterday. But let's get to it. We already discussed Russell Wilson with Eric Eager with an emergency daily yesterday. But Brad, I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. He announced, and it was announced before he got to announce it, that he's going back to the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams franchise tag. So they at least have those two back. But my big question is, fine, that was the Packers over the last few years. Do they now have enough cap space to do other stuff? Or how are they going to work this to be able to add enough to make another run in the NFC? Yeah, so I think the big thing with the Rodgers extension is that they should be able to actually clear about 15 or maybe even more million dollars in salary cap space. And so that was part of it. I do think he genuinely wanted to help them clear as much room as possible, help them bring back Devontae Adams. I think the only big cuts we're going to see there are probably Zadarius Smith, the edge defender, um, and Randall Cobb, his old buddy, the wide receiver that he asked him to trade for. But outside of that, I think they can keep most guys in the fold. And are they going to participate in free agency? No, but they never participate in free agency. Right. So it's actually not really you know, a, a different change for them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, another free agent that's probably gone. So, I mean, you're looking at, for the Packers, you get the nucleus back, the most important two pieces, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Last year, they had, you know, the Rasul Douglases of the world step up. They had Rashawn Gary have a big breakout season. I think they're going to have to rely a lot more on that current roster and whatever they end up getting in free agency at the at the tail end, right? Or the late pickups like a Rasul Douglas. Uh, So we're just going to fly around the league with some of the, the big news. But Mike Williams signs an extension with the Los Angeles Chargers. Rumors that he was going to get franchise tags. But now Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Both locked up for the Chargers, a ton of money at wide receiver. But the Chargers, one of the teams that have not only a lot of draft capital, but a lot of cap space. Is this one of those that comes back to bite in a couple of years? Or are they just, you know, using that space that they had to, to lock up a key player? Yeah, I think they're just taking advantage of this window they have right now. It was definitely interesting that they avoided the franchise tag. It is a very strong deal for the player in that it's only three years. He does eclipse that $20 million per year mark, although notably stays just below Keenan Allen, who got $20.01 million per year. And I think maybe that has something to do with why Chris Godwin did get the franchise tag and, and his situation with Mike Evans, and maybe we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, I thought it was a very strong deal for them. And they still can afford to spend if they want to because Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater are saving men tens and tens of millions of dollars on their rookie contract. So good for them to stay aggressive, try to chase a ring while Herbert's still making a little bit of money. Odds are next offseason he can be the next quarterback to make $50 million plus per year. So we hear all the time about, hey, you need the quarterback on the rookie contract, right? I mean, is this the way you maximize it? You, you know, you just a, short, a short-ish type of deal. One that eventually, eventually they're going to have to pay Justin Herbert and, you know, you have to free up space and all that stuff. Is this the way to maximize the rookie quarterback is to maybe overpay however you want to lay that out, but pay a ton of money for some key players during that window? Yeah, I mean, look, they're the first team in the NFL, I think, ever, probably ever, to pay two receivers more than $20 million per year. And then they have Joey Bosa making $27 million per year. So, yes, you get the rookie contract quarterback. And what do you do? You spend a ton of money at edge rusher and wide receiver. And like I mentioned, Rashawn Slater, obviously, on the rookie deal. But you use a first-round pick on a left tackle. That is exactly how you should go about it in theory because every other spot now, you could probably dip into free agency a little bit, maybe in the draft but you don't have to break the bank for the other spots you want to address. 
right across town or in the same stadium, really. It's not across town, but the, the Rams, everybody talks about the Rams strategy. As much as it is giving up first round picks for established players, it is a positional value based strategy, right? Invest in Jalen Ramsey, invest in Aaron Donald because we know he's a game breaker. So are some similarities there. You mentioned Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag with the Tampa Bay Bucks. What's the plan there in Tampa Bay, right? I mean, at quarterback, we don't know. They have nothing. They said they'd leave the light on for Tom Brady. If you're going to leave the light on for Tom Brady, you might as well have some receivers. But is is it part like, hey, we just have to carry on with our team building effort. Godwin's a good player. Let's franchise tag him. Is it we need to be attractive as a trade destination for whomever? It could be Deshaun Watson or Derek Carr or whatever could be out there. Or is it, look, you know, the next quarterback, we're going to have to draft somebody. We need receivers here. What goes into that Godwin move for the Bucs? I would say this was the biggest surprise for me of, of the day of the eight franchise tags that went out there. It really seemed like following a franchise tag last offseason, it seemed like Tampa and Godwin's camp were going to find a way to negotiate a multi-year extension. It sounded like he wanted to be back. He obviously tore his ACL in week 15, so there's kind of some complicated you know situations going on there. But yeah, I guess that is the situation. Is you, have, you have a very good player that you like a lot. You do want to remain an attractive destination to those potential trade assets, or maybe even, you know, if you bring a draft pick in in the first round, let's say they they take a flyer on Desmond Ritter at the end of the first round this year, make his transition easier to the NFL by having two very good wide receivers. But my biggest takeaway is, look, Carlton Davis, their number one cornerback, is now going to hit the open market, and he might price himself out of the team. One of the underrated aspects of the Bucks Super Bowl run, even before Tom Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown got there, they had built a nice secondary through the draft with Carlton Davis, with Jamel Dean. They added Antoine Winfield as a rookie in 2020. They had a very young, they, they just, they used a ton of draft capital in the secondary and it really paid off for them. They're going to lose that a little bit with Carlton Davis. As you said, it's going to be tough to keep him there. Any other, uh, well, two other franchise tags to highlight. You mentioned on, on the big show, PFF NFL podcast about the tight end kind of bargain as far as franchise tags go, we see David Njoku with the Browns, Dalton Schultz with the Dallas Cowboys, Miami Dolphins and Mike Kosicki. They're like, hey, he's a tight end because Mike McDaniel came out last year, last week saying, yeah, we, we expect him to block. We expect him to do tight end things, laying the groundwork. He's a tight end, not a receiver. Any of those tight end franchise tags surprise you? Not really, because like you said, it's just such a bargain at 10.9 million, whereas receiver is 18.4 million. And I'm sure Mike Isicki's camp will be filing a grievance here in the near future <laughs> to try to argue he is a wide receiver. But I think it even that example just underscores how much of a bargain it is because look, no knock on Mike Isicki. I think he's a terrible fit in Mike McDaniel's offense. He cannot block because he's not asked to block. And so it just again shows. There's just no reason not to place that tag because he's talented. He's a great receiving option. And for less than $11 million, shoot, I'd put that on a lot of guys around the NFL. Yeah. And the other thing about the franchise tag, right? It doesn't hurt you long-term really, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's this year's money. How much does it affect the team building effort to, to slap a tag on somebody, whether it's 10, 15 or, or close to 20 million are most teams close enough have enough flexibility with the cap that it doesn't hurt them or does it is it really a situational thing yeah you know most of the time you can find a way to fit in and work contracts around it i think the only negative perception really is just teams that i mean gm packers gm brian gudekun said himself that he doesn't he didn't want to put it on Devontae adams that he wanted to get a deal done instead just because you don't want to you know show your players on your roster that you're not pro player flexibility and movement sure. and all those things so it's more of an optics thing than anything else 
from a financial standpoint, they can get it done. All right, another franchise tag out there that surprised me, Jacksonville Jaguars put the tag on left tackle Cam Robinson for the second straight year. He's pretty low on our free agent list relative to other free agent lists. Uh, Poor Cam Robinson. I don't think he's a bad NFL player, but let's be serious. He's been a below average left tackle in the NFL as a starter, and I was surprised that the Jaguars went that route, especially with all the rumors that they were going to go tackle at number one overall. Betting market's already shifting pretty heavily to edge defender Aiden Hutchinson at number one overall. Surprising? Yeah, he did have his best PFF pass blocking grade. It was a 78, I want to say, which was, you know, by far his best pass blocking grade. So maybe they saw that and that's why. No, but but nevertheless, I, you know, we're not the biggest supporters of his, but I think it just shows that if you have an average or maybe in their mind above average left tackle and you can't figure out a multi-year deal, teams are willing to hang on for dear life and just just hope he takes that next step. And I think we've seen that with guys around the NFL. Donovan Smith, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, had a similar career arc. So you bet on traits, you bet on stuff like that. And like you said, the biggest takeaway for sure, I think, is Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan potentially going number one overall. Yeah, in defense of Cam Robinson, the Donovan Smith comp is the one the Jags should be looking at. We do see Eric Fisher's kind of similar boat. We do see offensive linemen figure it out You're later in later in life, so to speak, just kind of running out of time with Cam Robinson. Uh, just to wrap it up really quick, franchise tag day, any other surprises or what's the next? Is there another big shoe to drop after the Russell Wilson trade and all the franchise tags today? You know, I'll say this, and I don't know anything on this, but, you know, Derek Carr in Las Vegas becomes very interesting to me. Obviously, you know, they thought Aaron Rodgers was maybe coming to Denver, but if you're the Las Vegas Raiders and you're Josh McDaniels in your first year there and Dave Ziegler and all those Patriots guys, and you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson in your division, yeah. look, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I think we both would agree on that. But if he's the fourth best quarterback in your division, it doesn't matter if he's the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. And they said in the combine we have not begun extension talks with Derek Carr whether that's true or not we don't know but I would say look if Washington comes calling if Carolina comes calling and they're offering you two first two seconds or or, you know two first and really good rookie contract players you at least listen to them and hear them out I think you're absolutely right there that changes the game for the Raiders throw the Steelers in that bucket potentially just add more you know fodder in the AFC so Yes, Derek Carr's value, I think, skyrocketed today for the Raiders because Washington's desperate. They were in on Russell Wilson as well. Anyway, great stuff today. Franchise tags, even more to come. The NFL news is finally flowing. It's the PFF NFL Daily.